everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DVTPFL. It's Wednesday. It's August 19th. It's 2020, and we have 11 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, the Chief, Chief Justice 06. Will, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Excited to be here. Uh, you know, definitely uh, ready to break down some MLB. Got a pretty good slate today, I, I think. I mean, I feel like we've got pitching, we've got hitting. Can't ask for much more than that in this, you know, weird time that we're in with baseball, with games being canceled and series being canceled. So uh, I'm actually just excited every day I wake up and MLB hasn't canceled the season. So I don't think they will. And uh, I'm just, just, just happy it's still rolling, man. So let's break this thing down. I feel like teams are doing a lot better job. Um, like, I feel like I, I said this on a Grinders live show. I almost feel like the Marlins and Cardinals situation had to happen. Like, I'm glad everybody's recovering good and, like, everything's going well as far as recovery. But, like, I feel like teams needed to, like, have a wake-up call. And, like, that was the wake-up call. So, I feel like teams are doing much better. And, like, again, I don't want I don't want anybody to get COVID. Um, no, that like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, you know, I could go on like a 10 minute Fernando Tatis Jr. rant right now, too. Um, like, I feel like it's ridiculous. If you don't want someone to hit a home run against you, don't throw him a fastball down the middle. Like, don't, yeah, if you, don't throw him a if, meatball. <laughs> if you don't want somebody to steal a base on you, don't be down six nothing and not, not watch the guy when he's leading off. Like, like get over this. Like, I, I played baseball for 20 years and like, if I didn't want someone to hit a home run, Will, I either walked him or I threw him junk. I didn't throw him a yeah. fastball down the middle. <laughs> yeah, bury him with a sinker or something. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, like, he, he's one of the hottest hitters in baseball. Why are you throwing a fastball down the middle? Like, I don't care if it's 3-0, bases are loaded, and you're getting smashed. Don't throw a fastball down the middle. Like, oh, man. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. Um, nothing, nothing, nothing more fun than unwritten baseball rules. Like I, I'm, I'm someone that like, I don't mind like throwing behind somebody to send a message, but like, I'm not for hitting somebody in the head or anything like that. You hear Correct. some of these people Correct. on Twitter and announcers and stuff. And it's like, these are, these guys, this is a livelihood. What if he takes a ball to the temple and never bounces back? Like this is one of the best hitters in baseball. Young yeah, hitters. I get it, man. And, and I think, you know, especially when you've got, you know, maybe you're trying to attract the younger population back in. Look, I didn't play baseball as long as you, obviously, but I played a little bit in high school. And, uh, you know, I was sliding the second, you know, and sprained my knee really bad. And so I probably told this story before. And my basketball coach said, hey, by the way, uh, no more baseball for you. <laughs> we need you for basketball. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it was a fun sport, man. And, you know, it's, it's one of those sports you grew up playing, you start playing t-ball, you know, you play a little bit of travel ball. And I, I just think it's fun when you let it be fun. You know, when, yep. when we have all the unwritten rule stuff, it just it zaps the fun out of the game. Listen, he's a young kid. Like, he saw a fastball come right down the middle, and he smashed it. Like, good for him. The worst thing that he did was <laughs> apologize. Like, that, don't apologize. You, you, like, no. So... Anyway, let's talk some baseball. But before we do, we're going to talk some best ball. Underdog fantasy sports from the minds behind the draft app. NFL best ball is a fun set it and forget it format. They have an app for iOS and Android. Best ball leagues from $3 to $100, including their signature best ball mania tournament. $25 entry, million dollar prize pool with $200,000 to the winner. Don't want to pay for $25. You can play for the $5 bubble tournament. A little bit you know, smaller tournament um, for people that don't want to spend the big bankroll and have it locked up. But be on the lookout for live shows on Roto Grinders, draft shows. Uh, we're having a ton of fun with them. Check them out, underdogfantasy.com, or download the app today and start your NFL drafting. Let's get into it, Will. We got 11 games. We have a lot to talk about on this slate. Uh, you already kind of mentioned it. Pitching is definitely interesting on this slate. And, um, you know, we get started here. With the Indians and the Pirates, Arian Civil um, against Stephen Brault. Any interest here in Civil? Uh, slightly. He's not at the top of my list today. I mean, I think I'd just be playing him because the Pirates are got awful this year, man. You look at these K rates, and, I, and I'm already kind of transitioning into exclusive 2020 numbers right now. I was really surprised to see Josh Bell at 33% K rate. Not typical for him. 
I do think that will come down. Colin Moran, Reynolds, Polanco. I mean, man, the heart of this order is, is really, really beefed up with strikeouts at the moment. So, you know, I don't mind Silva. I, I think he's SP2 for me today. Don't think he'll make SP1 at all. Um, if you're on FanDuel, I mean, he's, he's the fourth highest priced pitcher, and I don't feel as good about him as I do about Lance Lynn, even though he's going against the Red Hot Padres. So uh, he's just kind of a tier below for me, uh, even with this good matchup, just because of the price. So I, I like him a lot. Um, you know, you, you talk about like 2020 numbers. The Pirates are last in ISO, WOBA, and WRC Plus against right-handed pitching. Same reason I was on Carrasco yesterday. Didn't work out. That's fine. Going back to the well here. Um, nobody in this offense scares me. And this kid's pitched well so far um, ever since getting called up last year. So really like him in this spot. And, like, he has some reverse strikeout um, upside too. Like, he, he uses a cutter and a sinker against lefties, and he's able to – actually strike out lefties more than righties and they're going to throw a lot of lefties at him here so really like this spot for him i don't know if he's like top overall option but he's um definitely up there on this slate steven brought on the other side of this game like the indians have struggled this season big time but they're still a very talented offense and he's not a big strikeout guy they're going to throw nine righties at him and when we look at his numbers will like big time splits lefty righty i have no interest in steven brought here yeah, enough for me either, uh, you know, especially with, you know, Cleveland's been bad, but I, I think they're maybe starting to turn a corner a little bit. Uh, that's going to be a, a hard no on Brault. Yeah, and, like, we don't expect him to go too deep either. Like, he really hasn't thrown a lot of innings um, this season. So, like, we'll have to, like, really dig into um, – I think it would be Chad Cool that comes in behind him. And, like – it's just not a good mix. Um, let's talk Cleveland bats. They have been a cold offense. Steven brought, um, you know, nothing overpowering Chad cool, um, really struggles with lefties. And like a lot of these guys are switch hitters. Uh, what's your thoughts here when it comes to Cleveland? Yeah, I, I think Cleveland's going to be fine here. You know, I, I still like my one particular really basic stat, which is, you know, runs per game and I can sort it by 2020 last three, last one home and away. Uh, Cleveland is averaging seven runs the last three games, scored eight runs in their most recent game, which means, you know, they really could be turning it around here. So I, I'm actually okay playing some Cleveland bats. You know, Fr Fran Mill Reyes hit two bombs. Uh, Santana started, not Santana, Lindor starting to wake up at the plate a little bit. So, you know, I, I don't mind these guys at all, you know, against cooler brawls, not going to bother me one bit. Uh, obviously we know that, you know, Pittsburgh is going to diminish a little bit of the power, but, you know, most of the lineup right now isn't hitting for power outside of, you know, this group of two, three, four, and five. I'm, I'm more than happy to, to play the Cleveland offense on this slate. Um, any interest in the Pirates here? Zero. Yeah, like you can play Josh Bell as a one-off if you want to. I'm not going to. I'm going to move on to the Yankees and Rays, Tyler Glass now, Garrett Cole. Um, talk to me a little bit here about Glass now. Well, I mean, the thing about Glass now is I really wish the pitching count was a, a lot further along. Like, if you told me I, I'd get 90 pitches out of, out of Glass now, I think I'd be okay. Uh, he has gotten touched up here the past two games, and I was trying to see if maybe it changed something in his pitching or, you know, just to kind of see what's going on. But nothing's really changed. Still, still sitting on primarily fastball, so – uh, and the velocity is there, you know, maybe he's just been missing some spots. So uh, if, if the pitch count was up, I'd feel much better about it. But I just don't think I can play him, you know, when he's, you know, he's not as expensive as he was, but I still like these other guys better around him that are going to have much higher pitch counts. Like he, like Lance Lynn is a touch above him. No way I'd play him over Lance Lynn on a slate. So that's kind of where I'm at with Tyler Glass now. Yeah, like this, obviously this offense is nothing um, compared to what it typically is with three of their best hitters out of the lineup. Um, the upside's there. Like, I, I think upside at ownership, um, you know, is definitely worth considering him at 8,800. I worry about, like, is, is he going to throw over 90 pitches? Probably not. Um, yeah. Like, they're kids' gloves when it comes to the pitchers down in Tampa, but um, – they're winning, so it's tough to really argue with what they're doing. I, I think he's worth a look in large field tournaments. Um, 
but I feel like there's a bunch of options that are better plays than him today. Um, we go to the other side. We got Garrett Cole. Um, you know, the Rays offense has been really good this season. Um, one of the reasons that they're winning, you know, they're top 10 in a lot of offensive categories against random pitching, but it is Garrett Cole. Um, what are your thoughts on Cole? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime Garrett Cole is out there, he's in play. And I, I really don't care which offense it is, especially, Stephen, this is something I'm going to make really quick. In a shortened season, you know, if he can get to the playoffs, the playoffs for him is going to be almost like the back half of the season this year. So, or, or really more so the middle of the season or the first third of the season, should I say. So I really like Garrett Cole and these high K pitchers. I, I, think I think we're going to really see better even pitching in the playoffs. Garrett Cole, one of the top options on the slate. Uh, I've got him ranked number three on my list right now, but that doesn't mean I won't have plenty of exposure. Uh, love Garrett Cole in this spot. Yeah, like, obviously, you know, when we're looking at, like, top-end arms, it's DeGrom against Miami or Cole against Tampa. Like, Cole is going to be lower-owned. DeGrom's a better option on paper. Um, you know, so, like, there's always that, and – Cole's strikeout rate has gone down a little bit this season, um, but, like, I'm not concerned whatsoever. Um, he just struck out, like, 10 against this team the last time they played. He's a top option. He's not my favorite. I like DeGrom more. Uh, I'll, I'm okay with saying, like, I'll, I'm easily going to take DeGrom over Cole uh, going against Miami in Miami. So, yeah. um, listen, bats in this game, like – this is a full pass for me. I, two really good arms, like good bullpens. Like this is just a stay away bats wise for me. Like you play one off if you want, but full stay away for me. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's pretty much much where I am. And honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to take a one off. I think I'd rather get my exposure from like a one off from Cleveland or something like that. So I'm with you, man. Uh, full stay away. I will say this, Aaron Hicks, uh, man, 22% walk rate. That's something that stood out. I'm not playing him. But that is something that stood out. Just keep that one in your pocket. That may come in handy, you know, when, when we get a guy that, that's, that's walking a bunch of guys. Moving on, we got Washington at Atlanta. Um, Kyle Wright and Eric Fed. Um, listen, you're not playing either one of these pitchers. I, Will, I'm going to answer for you. You're going to give me big fat nose. This is going to be one of the highest scoring games not in cores on this slate. For sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you for wrapping that up. We can just go ahead and head <laughs> to the bats right now. All of them, all of yes. them, like every single one of them, like outside of, all right, Turner's 4,900, Freeman's 53, and Juan Soto, who's one of the best hitters in baseball right now, um, it, it is 5,700. Will, you can easily stack this whole game and get top-end pitching because there's so many cheap bats. Adams, Duvall, Thames. I'm grouping them together because it doesn't matter which side, which team, and which jersey they wear. Everybody's scoring runs and hitting the ball today. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, man, I'm looking at it. Adams. So, first off, first off Travis D.R., no, why, why is he continuing to be so cheap? The guy's pretty much raking every day. Uh, Camargo, maybe we get a little sprinkle of Austin Riley. Uh, and I, listen, I'm more than willing to play Juan Soto. This guy's been fantastic at the plate. I mean, if you look at his last, what, seven, eight games, I mean, it's just – he's just raking. One, two, three, four, five, six. And that doesn't even include today. I mean, Juan Soto, man, just outstanding baseball right now. And I'm, I'm with you, Stevie. I think we just stack this game up. I don't even have to get through all the particulars. I mean, just bats galore. Play anybody you want. Like, yes. you can play Robles batting ninth or Kaboom batting eighth. Um, play them and, all. And that's the play, actually, because we already know the bottom of the order. Even even guys in the six hole don't get as much ownership as the top four. So, I mean, th this is just a perfect world scenario uh, to just combine with your top-end pitching. We'll see where the ownership is tomorrow, but I, I still think this is the right spot to go. I will say, that, you know, there's obviously you mentioned Darno. Adam Eaton's super cheap. I know he hasn't like had that like breakout game, but like he's not killing you. Like he he had two hits. Like when we started recording the podcast, I was checking a little bit um, before we started, and like yeah. he had two hits. Um, I will say, if um, the Braves start Christian uh, Pashi, um, I'm pretty sure they called him up. I could be wrong, but check this. Um, yeah, he was called up on Tuesday. Number one prospect in the Braves organization, top 15 in all of baseball. 
raw power and speed. Um, this kid has a cannon too in the outfield. So uh, if they do, um, if he is in the lineup, like he's certainly somebody that can like give you some upside uh, that might be a little lower owned because people don't know about him. Uh, very fast kid. So from what I was reading about him earlier. Um, it looks like he's looks like he's in the player pool here. So should be good. yeah, like thirty four hundred. I don't have Fanduel pulled up, but I'm sure he's probably like two K on Fanduel because uh, it's Fanduel. But um, <laughs> uh, like this game, see. this game's in the eighth inning. It's already twelve runs. Um, like on Tuesday, like just it's gonna be a high scoring game. It, it's just oh yeah. good. I'm trying. I was trying to delay to see if he's in the player pool on Fanduel. I couldn't pull it up fast enough here. I don't so. see. I don't see him. I, I don't see him. Which. So you get your Jeez. exposure to him over there on DraftKings. So yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Um, but we've yeah, got everybody else. Oh, speaking of which, Luis Garcia has been hitting too for Washington. Uh, he's another cheap guy that you can sprinkle in there. Luis Garcia, uh, not gonna, not going to hit hit for too much power, but I mean the guy's just an on base machine right now. Um, so Nick Markakis is the reason that they called Pashi up. Like he got placed on the COVID list. Um, so, you know, watch that. Um, yes. All right. Mets Marlins, Jacob deGrom, Pablo Lopez. Let's tell, let's talk Jacob deGrom, you know, coming home to Florida. Um, always seems like he gets up for these games. Um, but like, Will, tell me why I shouldn't play DeGrom. Like, because everything tells me to play DeGrom. He's you know, lingering around 100 pitches. He just pitched against this team and didn't pitch amazing. Like, is that why? Maybe, but um, you're going to have to really sell me on not playing him here. <laughs> yeah, nothing I can say. I mean, in my opinion, top arm on the slate, uh, just because of the situation. Pitching in Miami, really good pitcher's part. You know, pitching against a team that – while they don't have as many strikeouts as they used to, uh, they're still there. Um, I, I like them a lot in this spot. I mean, you know, he had seven hits, two walks, two earned runs. Doesn't matter. That's probably an outlier performance. You know, unless he's hurt and they're not telling us, no reason to fade DeGrom here. I don't think that he would have thrown 98 pitches coming off of that neck soreness, like had he been hurting still. So I'm loading him up. Uh, there's so many cheap bats that like just from even just again that we just talked about, there's so many cheap bats. So, um, Hey, listen, I've been playing Pablo Lopez. He's been very serviceable. He's been very good. Like he's been like in this game at home. Um, the Mets offense has been hitting like that obviously worries me a little bit, but like Pablo Lopez is very good against righties. So like, he's always very lined up dependent for me. Yeah. And I mean, look, the bottom line, you know, you're going to get some lefties. You're probably going to get at least four, right, with the Mets. I'm thinking Conforto, Nemo, McNeil, Cano. Oh, and Smith is hitting a lot now, too. So he's going to get five lefties for sure, like guaranteed. Those guys, I don't see how they pull them out of the lineup, especially when most of these guys have actually started, like you said, they've started to hit pretty well. Outside of McNeil, he hasn't been, you know, hitting as well as we'd like. But the K rate is still around 16%, so, you know, not going to have a whole lot of strikeout. But, you know, you look at the numbers for Lopez, 28.4% on the season as of today, uh, 2.83 XFIP, ground ball rate at 61.4%. I think, you know, I really think you can play these two guys together, take a chance on them. Uh, you know, he's a pretty affordable SP2. I'm not saying he's the best SP2, but I, I think he's serviceable, you know, in this range. So uh, not my favorite guy, but not the worst either considering, you know, being at home and, and what we have in terms of the matchup. Yeah, ballpark is fantastic, uh, assuming that the roof is closed and stuff. But, like, you look at his numbers this season and, like, he, he's taken his game to the next level for sure, you know, generating a ton of ground balls. The XFIP is right on line with the ERA. Um, so, he's just – he's pitching really, really good. You know, you look into, like, the ex-WOBA stuff, and, like, you're a little concerned about, like, his change-up numbers when you look into the ex-WOBA. But um, that's kind of that's kind of it, really. Um, I think both these pitchers are in play. I'm with you. DeGrom top option. Lopez is a very solid SP2. And, um, honestly, I don't have a ton of interest in these bats overall. Probably going to fade the bats in this game. Yep, same here. Moving on. we got the, the Reds and the Royals. Um, 
assuming that they play, um, sounds like they are going to play. This will be the second game of the doubleheader, right? So, like, I'm pretty sure that these are going to be, like, um, seven-inning games, and it's not even on the schedule. So, we're uh, moving on, which stinks. Will, how how bad do we have to run to not get Matt Harvey? I mean, really bad. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, know I target Matt Harvey. Oh, Every day. If he's on the slate, I just stack against him. It's Give just- us a showdown <laughs> slate. Moustakas is going to hit two home runs off Matt Harvey. Um, yeah. oh, all right. Gosh. Sorry about that. Moving on. Tigers, White Sox, uh, Casey Miz against Dan. Dane Dunning. Um, Will, have you heard about either one of these guys before you looked at the slate? No, not at all. And uh, I, I, I will say this. Um, I don't really care. I think, you know, on this slate, I don't need either one of these guys. Uh, so I'm not even really going to waste my time and try to plug them in. I know, you know, they're not going to be crazy expensive. Obviously, Dane Dunning, I mean, we got him at the bottom of the totem pole here. So, I mean, I definitely get, you know, if you if you think he's going to – let me say this. If you think he gets through four innings clean, four strikeouts, I mean, I'm all for it at these prices. But I don't – I don't feel like they're necessary, if that makes any sense. All right, so here's the thing. Um, Casey Miz, number one overall draft pick two years ago. Um, Very talented, top prospect in this organization. Um, Not a lot of experience. Like like I said, drafted in 2018, um, played high A ball in 2018, started high A ball in 2019, um, has not – Pitched uh, above double A. So, like, jump from double A to Major League Baseball here. Um, his numbers in double A, really solid. Um, you know, looking into him, very good cutter. Um, so, like, all right, anytime we'll – like, we talk about this all the time. Anytime we're like, all right, a cutter is a fantastic pitch. When you have a really good cutter, I want to see what the team does against it. Uh, so, like, I fired up, you know, played IQ really quick. And this team struggles big time with cutters. I don't think he's the craziest tournament play at 6,900. I want to throw this caution. We have no idea how many pitches he's going to go. He was at the alternative site. um, So we really have no idea how late they will let him go. Um, But listen, anytime a guy has a 70-70 grade on a cutter – on fan graphs, you have to respect it. Um, so I'm respecting it enough to look around tomorrow and see if we can get, like, um, any type of news on, like, how many pitches he's going to go. Um, on the other side of this game, you got Dan Dane Dunning. Um, again, this guy spent 2016 and 2017 in high A ball. 2018, he started high A ball. He moved up to double A. Like, he has not pitched an inning above double A. Uh, so – Two young guys battling it out here, and I don't have Vegas pulled up in front of me, but I bet you we're going to see a high total in this game. Um, Let's talk bats, I guess. Like, you know, we really don't know what to expect from either one of these guys. We know the bullpens aren't fantastic. Um, What do you – like, do you have thoughts on Detroit? Like, this offense is just so blah. Well, typically I kind of have a rule. So if I'm going to multi-enter tomorrow for MLB and, and not, you know, do more single entry, then I think this is a game I, I would stat. And, and listen, it, it's a personal rule of mine. I don't care how good a prospect is. I always stack against him on his first start. And I, 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 I just – it's just kind of a rule of mine. I've, I've done it, you know, Blake Snell, Tukey, you name it. Uh, it's, just, it's just what I do. Um, and I'm not saying it works out every time, but, you know, I'm always going to say, hey, maybe they have some first-game jitters. The problem is, you know, like you said, these teams are going to struggle, you know, with the cutter, and, you know, maybe he comes out and buries them. But I'm going to side with the professional hitters to start, and I'm not saying he gets touched up like crazy, but you already talked about the bad bullpens. I'm expecting these guys to go four four to five innings at max, and uh, then we get some bullpen action. Yeah, like, you know, looking overall, like, price-wise, Grandal's banged up. He's the most expensive guy. But, like, Detroit, nobody's over 4K. So, like, Jonathan Scope, like, he obviously at 4K. He's a little interesting. Um, 
you know, Cameron Maven, he's back at the big league club. He's 3,600. So, like, Candelario's 3,400. So, like, I don't mind maybe looking at, like, one or two of these guys. Um, I have a little bit more interest on the White Sox side. They're just a better overall offense. Like, I kind of wish, like, this Miz guy was starting um, against Detroit. Like, I think I'd play him a ton uh, because this offense is so underwhelming. But, like, the White Sox are a little bit more expensive. Tim Anderson, he's super hot right now. Um, you know, home runs in – Two home run or three home runs in the last two games. Um, Mancada, Robert has just been fantastic. Yeah. Eloy, like, there's plenty of bats here on the other side. Like, if you don't believe in a kid that like hasn't pitched above Double A, yeah, for sure. And that's just the approach I'm going to take. It if I multi-enter, you know, and I, I'm just being honest, that's the reason I would stack this game. Two young pitchers coming in, uh, you know, I just take my chances that maybe they get touched up a little bit on their first start. Yeah, like, like I said, though, the only downside I see is, like, how much is he going to throw this cutter? Um, that worries me. So, uh, sure, the regular season is fun and all, but only one thing can compare to the excitement of playoffs, and that is DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Both basketball and hockey have entered their respective playoffs, and DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action. With millions in prizes throughout the week, there is no better place to make it rain. Start playing for free with your first deposit today. If you haven't tried it yet, daily fantasy sports are easy to play. Just draft your players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points based off your player's performance. There's no better way to put your sports knowledge to the test than to compete for millions of dollars in prizes throughout the week. But if daily fantasy isn't for you, DraftKings just launched best ball contests for football season. If you aren't familiar with best ball, simply head to the app now and check it out. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code GRIND to play free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs this week. That's promo code GRIND to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long, only on DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Moving on. Well, we got the Brewers and the Twins. The Brewers are being no hit in the seventh inning right now by Kenta Maeda. Um, Brett Anderson against Tyler Clippard. So Clippard's going to open um, for Minnesota, and then it's going to be – it sounds like it's going to be Rich Hill. Um, but, like, if Rich Hill comes back and he gets activated, like, they might just start him. So um, we'll see how this plays out. Um, let's talk pitching here. Do you have any interest in Brett Anderson? Negative. Yeah, Minnesota's one of my favorite teams on this slate. Um, and then on the other side, like, I don't know how much we can really trust Rich Hill, injury-prone Rich Hill coming off of an uh, injury. I know he threw 60-pitch bullpen last time, but, um, like, it's a catch-22, Will. The matchup is fantastic. This, this Brewers team has been struggling big time, but – I don't know if the risk-reward – like, if this was week one or two of the season and we were kind of debating on a bunch of guys not going deep, I feel like, okay, well, we're like – oh, we're a month into the season now. Like, these guys are going deeper. I don't know if I can go like 60, 70-pitch uh, Rich Hill here. Yeah, man, I, I can't do it. And, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't even want to go Rich Hill week one. So – I just I, I can't do it with Rich Hill, man. I'm 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 always afraid that, despite you know how good of a pitcher I, I still feel like he is, it's just he, he the injuries have really caught up to him the past few years, and it's just going to be a fade. I, I mean, other guys that I can play that that I feel a lot more comfortable with, even in this superb matchup against Milwaukee. I mean, the match was fantastic. I I will say that like. Can't do it, but the matchups fan. I'm not playing any Brewers bats. Like, I guess you could technically like take a shot on like Ryan Braun as a one-off. He he mashes lefties, but even like Ryan Braun, he hits the ball on the ground a lot, and Rich Hill does get more ground balls than um, fly balls. So, like, I, I'm probably just staying away from the Brewers bats here. Same here. Unwritten rule. I talked about a no hitter. Now I do hate talking about no hitters. I'm superstitious. Um, I was always very superstitious when I pitched. Um, let's talk Minnesota. Will, this seems like a fantastic spot. I know Anderson is a ground ball guy, but Garver, Cruz, uh, Kepler, Buxton, Polanco, all these guys are fly ball hitters. Like, this seems on paper like one of those matchups that you really, really want, like a, a, a ground ball fly ball guy. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even mind playing a little bit of Marlon Gonzalez. Uh, this is a fantastic spot, man. I'm looking at these numbers and, you know, Brett Anderson is primarily going to be throwing the sinker. Primarily, he's, you know, he's going to mix up change up slider, fastball. But, you know, to these righties, he's primarily sinker. And, you know, most, most of these guys have pretty good contact numbers. But, I mean, Mitch Garver, man, I'm just calling it right now. Mitch Garver might have a double-dong game if, if, if he can get two at-bats against Brett Anderson. This number against this sinker is ridiculous. 94.92% contact. More importantly, 5% whiff rate, 35% ground ball rate, average distance of 341.63, 51% hard contact, 548 ISO. I don't know what else I have to do to sell you on Mitch Garver against Brett Anderson. One of my top plays uh, on the slate, hands down. Yeah, he's ice cold to start the season. Only one home run. His OPS is down under 500 right now. Um, I feel like that's the only caution that I'm going to throw to the wind and, like, there is some opportunity cost at catcher today just because we do have some cheaper options and some of these high dollar options like Garver are in really good spots. Um, so, you know, it also depends on like if Grandall plays, um, you know, as far as like opportunity costs up these expensive guys. Um, but yeah, Nelson Cruz against the lefty, um, Sano against the lefty. Like these guys are fantastic plays. Nobody plays Miguel Sano um each and every day and like anderson's not going to strike you out like he has a 13 percent k rate so a guy like sano who has a 38 percent k rate um i i i actually like this matchup for snow so uh astros rockies framber um valdez against ryan castellini this game's in cores uh will any interest in either one of these pitchers uh well you know when i started today i, I was really trying to decide whether or not I was going to consider Framber Valdez uh, as an SP2. I just – I feel like I can play him, man. I, I really feel like we can play him on this slate. And I know, you know, it doesn't seem like the right call because he's in Coors. But I feel like the price is fair enough. Like, you know, the guy's got strikeout upside here. I, I like what I've seen, you know, from him over the, over the course of the season. Uh, I think, and this is obviously it's going to be a crazy tournament play, but the numbers suggest he may be okay, and, and I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I think he's okay as an SP two, especially with with the price. My only issue with him is he is a sinker curveball guy, and that is not they're just not going to move as much in altitude. Um, I know. Like, that's my only issue. I, I do. Yeah. Like, I play him a bunch. Um, that's my, my only issue with him in this spot. Um, because, like, you look at the lineup. Like, you know, Story Arenado, they obviously worry you a little bit. Like, Matt Kemp is towards the end of his career. They're still going to have, like, four lefties in there. Like, you know, I, I think – obviously, I think you got to look at the lineup when it comes out. Like, if Tapia and McCannon, um, Murray, Blackman, all these guys are in there, like – Maybe you do give the advantage to Valdez a little bit. Um, listen, Castellini looked really good um, against Texas last time out. Uh, he just gives up so much hard contact. Um, could be someone that we use outside of cores, you know, big-time prospect, but um, I can't use him against Houston in cores. Um, let's talk bats. What's your thoughts here on the Houston bats? Yeah, I mean, I think one of, one of the best spots on the slate, man. Uh, you know, obviously they're in Coors. You guys know I hate playing Coors uh, because the prices are typically inflated and, you know, we kind of get all wonky. So I'm probably not going to have any Coors as usual, uh, especially when we've got that Braves-Washington game so juicy on the front side. But realistically, man, Houston should have a – Really good, good, good outing here in course. Really, really low strikeout team for the most part outside of Tucker and Maldonado and a little bit of Toro. Um, I, I like them. Just personally, I, I pretty much fade Coors most of the time, so I won't have much exposure. Yeah, in cash games, I think you're, you know, you're looking at Toro. Um, he's super cheap. I think you're looking at Tucker at 4500 uh, but outside of that, like Reddick's 48, Molinato's 51, um, Gary L's 58, uh, Correa's 59, Altuve 61, Bregman 62. Like, Can't do it. We don't have – like we've talked about a lot of pitchers on the slate, but we don't have like 
um like a 5k guy to like plug in there and play like if you're if you're stacking houston like you're you're taking a shot on dan or dane dunning the guy that we talked about um a little while ago like but that's what everyone's gonna do so it's it's really tough um to get like a rock or a houston stack on um DraftKings. it's easier on fanduel it's always easier on fanduel um like these guys bregman's 43 uh, Altuve's 39, Correa's 36, Gary L's 36. So, like, in cash games on FanDuel, you're playing Houston. Like, it's it's way easier to do it over there. Um, as far as the Rockies go, Arenado's story. Um, if Hampson bats leadoff, Kemp's really cheap, but Arenado's story. Um, they just – they mash left-handed pitching. Uh, it's, it's, it's a thing. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I'm with you 100%. Like I said, though, I'm, I'm not going to have much exposure to this game, if any – in fact, I'm not going to probably play a single bat from this game at all due to the ownership. Rangers and Padres, Lance Lynn, Chris Paddock, two really good arms facing off here. Um, let's talk Lance Lynn first. You know, you mentioned already, like, the hot Padres. Uh, listen, Lance Lynn's very good against righties. Um, he has been for years now. And when you look at this lineup, like, who beats you? Tatis, Machado. Um, you know, Gresham beats you. He's a lefty. Cronenworth's been hitting the ball really well. He's a lefty. But, like, the hottest hitter in this team is Fernando Tatis Jr., and Lance Lynn should be able to neutralize him a little bit here. Um, Will, am I crazy? Like, is this a game we should be looking at both these pitchers? Yeah, and listen, actually, Lance Lynn is probably my favorite pitcher on the slate, and not due to the arm talent. I do think he has the arm talent. This is actually strictly a price thing. So, you know, when I'm looking at the price gap here, you know, between Lance Lynn and, and, and Jacob DeGrom, I mean, you know, three, four grand. Like, I, I, I like the price savings. So, I think that's where I'm at with, with, with Lance Lynn here. I think it's just a price play. I think it allows you to, to get a little bit more creative. And, look, if I can get in DeGrom and Lynn uh, – that's probably the route I'm going to take, especially these value bats that we talked about earlier. That's the combination I'm looking to get in my lineup so on, on DK, DeGrom, Lance Lynn. One of my favorite plays on the day. Can't tell my eight is through eight, 113 pitches with the no-no still intact. It'd be really interesting to see if they let him go back out there. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if they do it. I, I mean, look, he's, he's not over there with Dave Roberts, so maybe they let him go out and try to get like three ground balls, but – Oh, 113 might be a career high. I don't know. Um, I'll have to look into that. Like, that's a lot oh, of pitches for him. It's definitely a career high. He came from the Dodgers. You didn't have to look this up. <laughs> um, all right. So really quick, um, you know, Paddock on the other side of this game, the Rangers stink. Um, I've been saying this for weeks. They have nine home runs. They have the least amount of home runs against right-handed pitching. Like the St. Louis Cardinals have – so many are – sorry, I forgot to pull up my page here. But um, I know that they have the least amount of home runs um, this season still. Like, they have nine. The Cardinals have ten. Um, so, uh, it's crazy, Will. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, I like Paddock as well. I mean, like I said, I, I do like Lynn a little bit more. I feel like he has a little bit more strikeout upside, generally speaking. But, you know, once again, you go down, you get even more price savings if you play Chris Paddock. So I, I like both of these arms. You know, if, if you decide maybe on, on DK that you maybe want to play some slightly more expensive bats, then maybe you do a Lance Lynn-Chris Paddock combination and hope that Cole and DeGrom just don't burn you before, before the game even starts. But but I really like both of these pitchers, man. I think they think these are fine spots for them in San Diego, which should help both of them even more. So I'm all aboard with these guys. Like I really might play Paddock on my main team. Um, like you look up and down this lineup, there's so many strikeouts here. Um, even if you go to just this season, like Solak is at 14%, Frazier's at 18%. There's regression coming um, for Frazier, but um, Andrews at 14%. Like. But Odor, 28.6, Dietrich, 26.7, Mathis, 28, um, Gallo, 26.5, Santana, 35, Chu, 29. Like, 
it, there's a lot of upside here for a kid that has gotten a little unlucky to start the season. Um, I love Paddock here. I think this is a big bounce back spot for him. But uh, I will say, like, I've been terrible at pitchers the last two days. Um, I've been nailing my bats, um, but, man, I have been getting crushed um, trying to guess these, uh, or, you know, figure out these pitchers this week. So um, I don't have any interest in, in bats in this game. I really don't. Like, uh, again, this is another game that I'm just going to write off. I feel like if you want to play Tatis, he's the hottest hitter in baseball. He's under 5K. You can pair him with Gresham, who's 3,100, and it frees up a ton of salary. Yeah, I get it, man. I, I'm personally not going to play any bats from this game. I, I respect these two pitchers a whole lot, especially in this ballpark. So uh, I, it's going to be a pass for me on the bats, and I don't think they'll beat me up too bad. Diamondbacks out athletics, Merrill Kelly against Jesus Lazardo. Um, Merrill Kelly, any interest in him? I don't mind Mer- Merrill Kelly, actually. He's pitched pretty well this season overall. I mean, you know, and, and you know, you, you look at the price. Price is not bad. I, I, I'm all aboard. I mean, look, is he more expensive than I think I would want to pay in a, in a, on, a, on a normal slate? Obviously, this is a normal slate. But I think he's a little bit more expensive than I would want to pay. But I actually think I may play him over uh, Savale here. So I, I like him. Uh, he, he will probably make my player pool uh, if I go the multi-entry route. I, obviously, I don't like him more than Lance Lynn, which I don't, I don't feel like he should be more than Lance Lynn. But – I still like him in this spot in Oakland. Uh, I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, just got done talking about how bad Texas has been. He dominated Texas to start the season. Um, pitched really pitched really well against Padres the uh, last two times he faced him. Um, here's a, here's my only issue, right? Like, shout out to Kirk Dees. Um, he got me on this thing. So, I'm going to give him a shout out every time. I know I say it every time, but I'm going to give him a shout out because credit where credit's due. But, like, if you don't throw hard against Oakland, you're in trouble. Um, they they hit pitchers that don't throw hard. So, like, I actually kind of like the Oakland side of this game um, more than I like Kelly. And I, I like the fact that Kelly's 9,500, which makes my decision a little bit easier. <laughs> um, shouldn't be more than last win. Bad algorithm, but, hey. No, just, like, he, he shouldn't be more than, like, Paddock either. Like, No, no way. He he's more expensive than Paddock on you know Fanduel too, so I don't know. Uh, I feel like if you are playing, maybe you're playing on Fanduel, but like, what's the win equity? Is it high enough? I don't, I don't know if it's high enough on Fanduel. So uh, because like Jesus Lazardo is a kid that has shown some really good stuff, um, you know, this season and struggled a little bit with walks so far but will like if you just look at 2020 numbers for Arizona against lefties you're not going to like what you see yeah and you and you know I have them pulled up uh it, no low strikeouts but man nobody's putting the ball in play i mean low iso barely very low woba and the ground ball rates on these guys just god awful so I mean, no one's striking out, but they're not going to set the world on fire. I, I, I don't hate Lazardo here. If you want to, to just kind of take him as a flyer, um, you know, I, I don't. I, I still don't think Lazardo should be more than Pablo Lopez. Like, I feel like there are a lot of pricey mistakes. Like, I, I'd for sure play Lopez over Lazardo, but um, I mean, I, I understand the spot, but I, I'm not playing him over over. Uh, uh, geez, God, just said him, Pablo Lopez. I, I think that's a pricing mistake. Yeah, like I, I think he is very much in play. Um, I don't think the matchup is terrible, but um, I do worry about like overall, just you know, pitch count. Like, how much are they going to let him go? They really haven't, you know, let him go over ninety pitches. He's eighty two hundred. It goes back to the conversation where we have a ton of pitchers on the slate. I might not stack against him. Probably won't stack against him. Good chance I don't stack against him. Um. You know, looking at bats on this team, like Walker is probably the best option. But like, how many stacks have we talked about today where you're not playing a first baseman? Hardly any. Um, so it's yeah. really hard to even like consider playing Walker. But he is 3,300. So like, the price is fantastic. Yeah, I, I, but still, I don't. I'm with you, man. I don't think I'm going to have any Arizona uh, Diamondback bats today. 
Just don't tell you what that. I'm doing right now. I think I, I, uh, Washington, Atlanta. Like uh, again, <laughs> I'm I'm telling you guys, that's the game for me. Um, I do like the Oakland bats. I, I, I think like if you're not playing Kelly, if you do believe in this thing that like if you're not a high hard throwing you know pitcher against this team, they're going to hit you. Like I, I do think that like Oakland is um, in play here, but um, like you you do need to like. Respect the numbers for Kelly this season. 3.27 XFIP, bunch of ground balls, pitching really, really well. He just doesn't miss. Like, his swinging strike rate's low. Um, so, like, maybe some regression coming in that stuff. Um, I, I like Oakland. I think they're very much in play as a stack here. I get it. I get it. I You just know I'm not going to have any. <laughs> no, nah, I get it. Um, Dodgers and Mariners. We got Julio Urias against Tajon Walker. Um, Julio Urias, any interest in him? Uh, I, I don't think I can do it against the Angels. And, I, I, I mean, I, listen, I feel like he's turning a corner. Uh, not the Angels. Uh, against Seattle, I, I feel like he's turning a corner. I still don't know if I can pull the trigger on him. I, when I'm looking at this season numbers, it, it says his XFIP is 5.56, K rate 15.3. You know, I combine that with 2020. Obviously, that changes a whole lot. I just – I think there are better options for his price. I, I do think he, he's going to have an okay game, but I I don't think I can play him. Like, I, I don't think he should be more than Lance Lynn. Like, he's the third highest-priced guy on the slate pretty much because of the matchup. I, I don't I don't think I can do it. Oh, man. I can't do 10-1. Like, you know, give me – like, if you're playing him, like, you're playing him on FanDuel. He's 7,900 on FanDuel. Like – if you're playing a bunch of teams over there, that's where you take a shot. I'm not paying 10-1 for Julio Urias um, on a pitch count with Dave Roberts as the manager. Pass. Um, the other side of this game, Walker has not shown us anything yet. Um, nothing. Like, a little bit better against righties, um, you know, in the few starts that we've seen so far from him this season. Pitched pretty well against Texas. Will, it's a it's – a, it's another – pitcher that's pitch well against texas it's not a it's not rocket science at this time um <laughs> I, I don't like right-handed pitchers against the dodgers anyway i'm probably gonna pass on him here yep he's, he's getting the no button from me let's talk bats at what point do we stop paying for cody bellinger um because he does have four home runs on the season and like we got to give him a little credit for that but it seems like if he doesn't hit a home run, he's just not doing anything. He's really, really struggling. The Dodgers really disappointed um, on Tuesday. but oh, yeah. um, I, I had some Dodgers bats too, so that's another reason that I got held back in my, my tournament earnings here. They just really wet the bed for me. Yeah, it was, just, it, was, it, was a, it was a weird game. Like, Justin Turner hit some balls really, really hard. Um but, yeah, Marco Gonzalez, nine strikeouts, just pitch really well. Um, the Dodgers, I feel like they're probably, like, a top three stack on the slate um, against Walker. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. But I also feel like in terms of ownership, they might be the probably they're the sixth late highest. Game. Yeah, yeah they're, like, they're probably going to be the sixth or seventh highest on team. You got to think Washington's getting more. Atlanta. Minnesota, the Coors game, they're essentially not going to have any ownership tomorrow against Taiwan Walker, who's pitching terribly. Once again, I will be firing up the Los Angeles Dodgers without fail. Here we go again. I'm right there with you, buddy. Um, Seager's been crushing the ball. Betts has been crushing the ball. Um, Justin Turner's been hitting the ball really hard. Like, like, Justin Turner on the season, 71 plate appearances, has a 61.5% hard hit rate. He's hitting the ball very hard. Um, so, he is a he's a great guy um, that is, you know, definitely going to be low-owned on this slate. So, I mean, these I just, top three guys, though, Stevie. I mean, Mookie's at 59. Seager's at 58. I mean, man, these top three guys could win you a slate. If they could pull off, you know, what the White Sox pulled off and just hit four homers back-to-back, that'd just be great. <laughs> no problem. Just go out and hit four home runs and start the game. No big deal. Uh, Angels and Giants to finish us off here. We got Patrick Sandoval against Kevin Gaussman. Um, any interest here in Sandoval? Uh, slight. Slight interest. I don't like the K rate, right? I just – it's very uninspiring. What I do like is the X-Fip at 3.38. 
And his ground ball rate right now, Steve, is at 73%. Uh, and you've got a team that's just not hitting fly balls. I, I, I like him here. And, and you know, I, the, the price feels fair, right? I mean, you look, he's, he's in the bottom half of the, of the pricing here. You know, that could help you free up a little bit. I, I don't hate this at all, Steve. I think Pablo Sandoval is definitely in play on this slate against San Francisco. My only concern with him is what you started with, is the strikeout stuff. Um, he can go out and pitch six good innings here, bullpen and blow the wind for him. So, like, that's obviously concerning. Um, like, I, I think he's in play, but I feel like in tournaments – you want to probably attack someone with a little bit more ceiling. Like I would play Pablo Lopez, I think, before Sandoval. I think I'd oh, even absolutely. take a shot on like Casey Miz um, before I would play Sandoval, just because this guy's not going to go out there and light the world on fire with strikeouts. And like this team's going to get really right-handed. They have Flores, they have Pence. I know Darren Ruff hasn't hit the ball. He was crushing the ball in the KBO last season. They have Slater, like. They can go kind of right-handed heavy against him. I know he's been, you know, pitching really well against righties, but he gives up so much hard contact to righties as well. Um, I'm concerned about the overall upside. Um, but, hey, listen, I, I'm not going to talk to you off of it more than I just did. So, Yeah, no, I um, get it, man. It's just, yeah. just, it's just the ground ball rate. Like I said, I mean, it, it, it's just so high – I think – look, I don't think he has more upside than Pablo Lopez. I, if you guys haven't heard, Pablo Lopez is probably my favorite cheapest pitcher on the slate, period. But when I see a guy with a 73% ground ball rate, it just it, – it feels like Dallas Keuchel all over to me again. I think, I think if, if he can miss a few bats, he's one of these guys that could squeeze you across the line at the, at the end of the night with low ownership. So it looks like it's going to be Johnny Cueto, not Kevin Gaussman pitching in this one. Um, even at 5,600, I don't really have a ton of interest in Johnny Cueto. Yep, won't be playing Cueto against the Angels. Even though he did have a respectable last outing. And I'm not even looking at the numbers. I just remember, you know, I think – did he go about seven innings the last game? I don't have yeah, it pulled pitched, up. He pitched really well against um, – I forget who he was pitching against. Too. Probably Texas. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I think it was uh, I think it was Oakland, but um, yeah, but I, I'm not playing Johnny Cueto, even though he went 70s. I, I'm not doing that. Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be Cueto. So, um, yeah, it was against uh, Oakland. So, seven innings, three hits, two earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. That's a very respectable day. Yeah. Um, but this is Angels' offense is really good. Let's talk Angels' bats. Um. Well, I don't know if you ever heard of a guy, Mike Trout. Um, I hear he's pretty good, though. Yeah. Uh, and even though the K rate is at 23.7% on the season, it's coming down uh, massively. I, he, he was up a lot further than that. And how about Anthony Rendon? I, I like the fact that Trout has run protection now. It's just You can't just walk the guy and hope that everybody else is going to just, you know, ground out. He's got some serious bats behind him. I've been talking about Albert Pujols, you know, a couple times on, 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 the, on the pod. Look, he's not going to light the world on fire, but this guy can drive in some runs. I uh, really like him. I, I just – I think this team is, you know, the top – I mean, really one through, one through seven I think is just very respectable here. Uh, I, I don't mind stacking this team for, for, for a little bit of a late-night hammer at all. Yeah, um... Man, I like – I kind of – you know, Otani's price is fantastic. He's 4,100 on DraftKings. Um, Listella, 3,800. You can really – even with Trout and Rendon being so expensive, you can really get a nice little, like, four- or five-man stack here because the rest of these guys are pretty cheap. So, um, I, I like that call. Listen, I, I don't want to take a page out of Blender's book, but I think your Giants are your vomit stack today. Like, if you're going top-end, double-barrel stack, um, like pitching, Flores is 3,700, Longoria is 3,600. You keep going down. Um, if Trump catches, he's 32. Pence is 31. Um, Ruff is 28. So, like, 
I feel like this is your this is your good old fashioned blender head vomit stack of the day. Um, they're really really cheap on this slate. Yeah, I get it, man. I just think anyway. We'll we'll, we'll get to that in a second. I, I'll be more inclined to stack the bottom of this Braves lineup tomorrow than, than <laughs> I do the Giants. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, like if you're if you're pay, like if you really wanted to make. A uh, Degrom, Cole, Degrom, Seville, Degrom, Lynn team. Like, yeah, that, that's you get thirty six hundred a player. Like, uh, they're they're just they're in play. Um, I get it. Let's play the morning grind game, and then um, we're gonna get out of here and go watch. Uh, see if Kentai Meda um, can finish this out. They just ended the eighth inning, so we're gonna be right on time to finish and see if he goes out there or not. Uh, Will, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts on this slate. Man, listen, I don't think it's any secret. I've been talking about him all podcast. Give me Pablo Lopez. I think he's got the best chance to go out and do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter you and say Chris Paddock gets there. Um, I like it. I like let's it. Let's do it. Um, finally, some legit options under 8K to get there. Uh, give me Thank a guy over, <laughs> over 8K. To score under 15, who's your bust today? Uh, I'm actually – I think I'm going with Julio Urias. And I know it's against Seattle, but, man, that price is up there for a limited pitch count. Speaking of which, we got to revisit this, man. I think you, you almost owed me some jelly beans. Almost. Uh, almost. Oh, one strike out of way. <laughs> almost. Did not get there. Almost. <laughs> Almost does not count. It does not. It does, does not count. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Valdez. I know it's chalky, yeah, but um, I like it. No, no, I get it. I like it. Like I just worry about like a two pitch pitcher in cores scares me. Um, oh, he gave up the no no on the first batter. He, well, they're gonna pull him. They're gonna have to. Yeah. Well, he's at he's 115 done. pitches. So. Yeah. Uh, Eric Sogard of all people. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. Not in cores. Give me an expensive bat to go yard. Oh man, my favorite bat on the slate. Uh, you know, one of my favorite bats on the slate. I hate to go from a game we've been talking about all night, but I just have to do it. Juan Soto, ladies and gentlemen, uh, up there. You're gonna have to pay to get him. I plan on doing it. And you pair them with Freddie Freeman. They're both going to go yard today. Um, listen, I had two guys. I had Freeman and Soto. It was going to be one of those two guys. You took Soto. I'm going to take Freeman. Um, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. Oh, God. I hate to go back. Stevie, we're just going to have to stay on this game. You know I'm going Adam Eaton here. I had a really good – actually had a really nice night tonight. And, and Eaton's yeah. really cheap. I mean – Gotta go Adam Eaton. Listen, I'm gonna take the rookie. Give me Christian um Pashi. Um I like it. I think it'd be his first ever start if he draw like if he if he ends up starting. But with Marquecas out now too, let him play. Don't call him up. Don't call up one of your top prospects and not let him play. Um let him play. Uh give me a stack to score six or more runs. Uh these are probably going to be your guys. Well, no, you're, you're going to take a different team. I'm, I'm going with the Dodgers. I'm going back to the well. I, I think they get there. I like that one. Um, yeah, I, I like that one a lot. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go – I don't want to go Washington, Atlanta. I've said them a million times. Um, give me Oakland to score six or more. Yeah. Uh, Will, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Man, I'm going to give you a bonus bat. My favorite bat on the slate. Talked about him a lot. Talked about what I saw. Mitch Garver, ladies and gentlemen, been hitting really – hasn't been seeing the ball well. I think this could be a double dog game for Mitch Garver. Really like him. Bonus bat of the day. Right. I like it. Um, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back tomorrow, both of us. Um, Will's double yes. dipping in the Morning Grind baseball podcast this week. I know he's been crushing it with basketball over there. Hopefully you guys are listening to that. Um, 
yeah, go Magic. Um, they got one. Listen, I'm a faithful Magic fan. Win or lose, um, it's, I'm glad to see them just get a game. So we'll see what happens. But it's uh, going to wrap it up here for Tuesday or Wednesday. Sorry. We'll be back tomorrow on Thursday. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.